Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone is here for the Week 9 edition. We're going to glance back at Week 8 and go through the surprising items, three per person. We've got four of us on the panel, and then we'll peek ahead. Kind of an extensive half-hour-long look at Week 9 and see what kind of intrigues our panel's minds on that front. Foremost, though, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Basketball is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports waiting, wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use the promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V, BLEAVE, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Trend Zone is in the house, and we're going to dissect and digest week eight and then head into week nine. It's the usual format. Cody, I'm going to start with you, sir. I want three things. Start with one that jumped off the page in week eight for you, sir. Uh, let's see. Week eight for me was that Falcons and Panthers game was pretty wild. Uh, of course, I was watching the Cardinals and Vikings, but I had my laptop was on red zone. I got the tablet on our game and it just kept cutting to this Falcons and Panthers game. They had crazy things like they took turns scoring um, the first 10 times. So it was just back and forth the oh, whole wow. time. Sweet. And it's a division game. So they didn't like each other. But also both teams mirrored each other on the day, which could be exciting for the Panthers, who might be convinced that Matt Rule was the problem there. Or it could be damning for the division-leading Falcons, who played to the level of a team who kind of has like an interim head coach and running back. Um, I thought it was kind of neat that two teams, the two teams posted both 36 rush attempts for about 167 and 169 yards. I mean, this was just divisional rival football if you're a fan of these two teams obviously the falcons are are glad they won but you you enjoyed this one for sure and then i can't leave out that this game got drunk in the final seconds they threw that 60 yard bomb the dj Moore, he rips off his helmet you get the penalty <laughs> and the kicker misses not only that kick but the one in overtime too for i mean that poor guy and uh yeah, I mean the Panthers are in the cellar, but they were they were inches away from leading the division just moments after firing their head coach. And to me, it's crazy. The Panthers have looked good without CMC, which is weird. So yeah, when when that shit happens, the helmet, two missed field goals, then you start to think which former Vikings are on the team, and you have Xavier Woods and um, Pat, Pat Elfline, right? Yep. <laughs> so they are responsible. Uh, Wes Johnson, what's your first item from Week? eight uh week eight let's go with uh the packers free fall we'll take um they played uh, a bills team in buffalo that is very strong at home and um they look like a team that's lost was it four in a row now 
Uh, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're in a free fall. They, they get to go to Detroit this week. Um, it's a game that they probably should win. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You had a lot of bonehead plays by, um, some rookies on, on the defensive end for green Bay too, that, you know, really push the game from being somewhat competitive out to, you know, not nearly as competitive. Um, and, and Buffalo looks good. Their, their defense, uh, looks like it can carry them when needed, uh, whenever, uh, the offense isn't up to par, which is saying something, uh, Von Miller's looking good. Matt Milano's all over the field, mm-hmm. um, in numerous games that I've seen from them. Uh, he's just flying all over the field. So, uh, Buffalo is looking like the most complete team in football so far. Yeah. And Tredavious white just got activated as well that guy's like yep. top three corner in the league yeah it was weird about the i got home in time to see most of it weird about the bills packers game wes's that was one of the few sporting events that the way that i foreshadowed it in my head it went exactly the way that i thought i thought the bills would be the, clearly the better team they jump out early the packers would look competent it wouldn't be 41 nothing and it was like it just went at what my brain thought the whole week like oh yeah the bills will win that pretty handily packers won't look like idiots but they'll win and it just went according to plan and usually you have a script in your head and it gets all torn to shreds maybe that's just the way that the vikings do it but we shall see yes the packers are in trouble um thankfully for their sake the nfc isn't incredibly strong at the bottom of it so if they rattle off their customary uh wins they should be able to sniff a wild card seed but they got to have the wins first and they've lost four straight jason the uh, broncos uh won in london with a hellfire defense that continues to exist. So this is this is your chance. Give us your speech, sir. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I tell you what, man, I, I haven't felt this good since Super Bowl 50. Uh, God, it just felt weird. But I'll tell you, it got off to a grueling, grueling start. Uh, I don't think they got their first first down uh, until midway through the second quarter. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, well, you know how I was thinking. Doom, gloom. And then, and then, though, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, pre-show, our center gets hurt. Insert Graham Glasgow. Now, this guy's not a not a inept pass blocker or offensive lineman. He's actually on salary for 10, 11 million. They brought him in as a free agent a few years back. He's been always always been a serviceable guy. He gets inserted in at center, and they put together three drives. Their first was a 98-yard drive, three total drives of 70-plus yards or more, and three touchdowns. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. I don't. It could be, could be. But I'm gonna tell you something. That was. I haven't. We haven't seen that. We have just not seen that. And I, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't ever want to wish injury upon anybody. But, um, you know, um, and one would think once somebody's starting center goes out, they should probably get worse. It seemed to have the opposite effect here. So, yeah, very pleased. I get it, and I get to enjoy this this win for another week and a half before the demise starts again. So let's just hope that they can carry something from it. And then obviously the trade. Uh, very big fan of the trade. Uh, I, I I'm I'm very pleased that we were able to get Chase Edmonds in on that deal. So yeah, I'm I'm overall very 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 content right now. 
do you start side eyeing side eyeing the seventh seed and shit like that again? Is that how? Well, you got you got to be able to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. much like you know, and I was you know, anything can happen. I'm actually ex- kind of excited, really, because the second half of this season they got one of the hardest remaining schedules. I'm actually excited to start playing some good contending teams. Um, I think in a weird way this could actually be good for this team. I don't know why and. That's probably the most ludicrous thing most people have ever heard, but I'm excited to get out of the bye and play the five and two Titans. Will they be five, uh, six and two at that point in time? Maybe. Um, but even if they're five and three, you know, I'm ready for them. This brand of Titans will eternally be the good team that nobody's as scared of. So uh, yeah, well, can... just like they are every year, it <laughs> yeah, seems yep, like, yep. you know, uh, but when we are very suspect to the run. So I would assume though, unlike previous games, they will focus heavenly on the run this game at least they damn well better um so my it's a winnable game one, it is my first one is the mere fact that the rams packers and bucks are all not just in talking point trouble they're in serious trouble and i think i don't think many folks had the eagles as good as they were and in the super bowl blah 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 before the season started but i think most had some uh, one team from the Rams, Packers, and Bucks, and they are all in danger. The Rams are three and four because they just can't beat Kyle Shanahan unless it's a fluke NFC Championship game. The Packers, West spoke about them three and five, and the same with the Bucks. And nobody, nobody had all three of those teams playing like shit, and that's what they're doing. And we are almost, you know, we are to November, so. Not all three of those teams are going to make the postseason. They'll be lucky if one does. So for uh, a broad bird's eye, that is a mammoth development. Cody, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is the Cardinals and Vikings game. Uh, I actually had some time to sit down and watch every play of this. I kind of was in and out the last two weeks before that. Um, of course, we had the bye as well. Uh, but main, my main takeaway from this game, there was a lot of exciting plays. You know, we took away the ball a couple times. I never really felt like this was out of control, like obviously a lot of games did last year. So I got a little bit of PTSD from that, especially when you're playing a team that we lost to uh, in dramatic fashion last year. Um, especially when you see Kyler Murray running around like he was. And then after he started stumbling around instead, I, I knew it was it, it was done. And that's what's refreshing about this team this year is we play up to a talent level instead of down to a talent level um we come through in a lot of those clutch points that we could have come through last year and we didn't um i i think it's a culture thing uh the team feels great you got people jumping on the pat mcafee show has been on us like crazy for a couple weeks now which is awesome because aaron Rodgers is on there every tuesday so he has to (laughs) listen to pat talk about how the vikings are a fun team and how they're about their weapons um, I do want to say right guard for me, Ed Ingram, he's, he's kind of concerning me with, uh, a couple of his, uh, pass blocking efficiency stats. Uh, he's been a decent run blocker, but he was getting blown up. Um, albeit it was against JJ Watt, but still it's not something you like to see because we're going to be seeing a lot worse than JJ Watt whenever important football in January starts. Um, and then of course I can't also kind of it's not last week, but we did have Irv Smith go down with an injury and we got TJ Hawkinson. And I think that's just going to add another dimension that um, our tight end two months has been having to feel. And he's been doing pretty decent, but he's not a world burner, you know, and TJ Hawkinson is one of those guys that I think it, he 
if he is not elite at his position, at least in comparison to the, the other guys at the top, he can be. And that was evidence earlier in the year when he went for like 180 yards. And so I'm I'm excited to see him in a full-time role that we have been waiting for Herb Smith to fill ever since Kyle Rudolph left. On Ed Ingram, the solace that you should have, maybe only solace or just the solace, is that previously at right guard, whether it was Dakota Dozier, Drew Samia, or Oli Udo, when they would have their troubles, it was never going to get better. That's who they were. That's what their resume said. They were sealinged. Um, with Ed Ingram, he has the excuse as a rookie, and in theory, as a second rounder, these are just the lumps. And you know, this should be this is kind of normal for a, a guard getting acclimated to the league, especially against JJ Watts. So I think if you have those concerns, it's a little bit different than yesteryear that you know nothing was going to change with Dakota Dozier in 2020. Edding room and get better. That's what I'm banking on, anyhow. Yeah, not see. not to mention it usually wasn't just one position on the line we yeah. were worried about. It was usually multiple, so it was like no hope in sight. <laughs> but I mean, everybody's been doing awesome, and uh, I'm loving it. The media is actually it seems like they're kind of favoring us this year. When you know years past, they're all dishing on Kirk and dishing on the Vikings. Now everybody's loving Kirk. He's all iced out with his chains and <laughs> all that stuff. And, I did want to ask, don't y'all think it's weird how Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday? And I feel like it just undermines the team. Like he's all talking about how he talked to their general manager the day before. And he's and he told them on the show live during that last hour of the trade deadline that they should expect something to get done and or to be surprised. <laughs> and they're just they're just sitting there. I saw a couple of memes. It's like the Halloween kids and they're looking in their bags and you got the tie- the Vikings are like, I got a tight end. And the Lions are like, I got draft picks. And the Bears are like, I got a receiver. And the Packers are like, I got a rock. <laughs> that's, that's what it's like to be a Packers fan right now. Yeah. And the deal with Rodgers and that front office is that they can claim that they made nice, but they just don't really like each other. And they never yeah. did. And I don't think that they ever will. Wes, what's your yeah. next one? Uh, I'll stay beating that Viking drum, uh, mm-hmm. beating that skull drum. Uh, I was at the game, uh, as was Dustin. Um, really amazing environment. Yeah, the mullets were awesome too, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, absolutely incredible. Oh, I need to look mullets. one of those up online or something. Those mullets uh, are awesome. Jared Allen was inducted into the Ring of Honor. Uh, it was a revenge game for Patrick Peterson. He didn't really have the chance last year uh you know although he played um the vikings couldn't uh, escape with a victory and so this one being a home game i think he savored it a little bit more uh he took it personally um some of the um not offhand comments the owner made but uh ownership is alleged to have uh left fan emails uh, talking shit about how Peterson lost his step, etc. Uh, whether that was meant for motivation or what have you is, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, Peterson took it as disrespect, and uh, he was fired up. He was fired up. Uh, the first interception they had on Murray, um, Peterson was twiddling his thumbs like he was playing a video game and then he did the baby yoda pose (laughs) like he was really in their face talking trash all game long um i was loving every minute of it because you know i 
Um, I I can see how uh, he being drafted by the Cardinals, he putting his heart and soul into that organization and then kind of being left hanging left hanging out to dry in a way um could make him feel and um you know him being able to get that retribute retribution on sunday was was amazing to see west outside of a playoff game or a packers game that's about as thunderous as it can be in there cover to cover so you picked a very good game to attend uh, it was just consistent loud and uh, you know, it had the playoff feel. Every Vikings game has a playoff feel. It's very weird just because mm-hmm. they're they're roller coaster thrillers. Jason, what's your next one? It has to be the Raiders game. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness gracious. Uh, I'm just looking over these stats as we speak right now. And I've been I, you know, I'm as a lowly Broncos fan, I'm an expert at bad offense. This is putrid. <laughs> this is absolutely <laughs> awful. I haven't seen it. And, and again, I didn't, I didn't really catch much of the game. I kind of flipped back and forth a little bit. Um, I had to finally text my, you know, I, I thought it'd be a great idea to play Hunter Renfro in, in fantasy, probably a bad idea. I know Wes, but you know, my season's in the wash already. <laughs> so we're all good. Uh, the goal was to get as many Broncos off the team as possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, but God, didn't he used to be guy used to be good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking was, at his, uh, a league winner last year. That's right. That's right. I had to text my buddy who was actually he's a Raiders fan. He was at the game. I'm like, dude, you know, I, as I'm checking my, my fantasy points, the lowly points, <laughs> uh, like, is Hunter Renfro playing? Because he wasn't hurt. So I'm like, <laughs> is he in the game? Yeah, yeah, he is. Just haven't, hasn't been targeted. But then I look. Shit, Devontae Adams, one catch, three yards. Unbelievable. And uh, Josh Jacobs on the ground, 10 rushes, 43 yards. Uh, Derek Carr, 101 yards passing. He, he had to have gotten hurt, right? Because Stidham's in there. I got – Stidham – did, did Derek Carr get hurt? No, they pulled him – what's crazy is they pulled him with, like, I think, like, 9, 10, 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They pull Carr, and they're only down three scores. Like, I mean – they weren't doing anything all day, but I God, mean, you weren't, you weren't losing 40 to zip, you know, this yeah. was 21 to zero and it was against Andy Dalton and the saints. Like, give well, me a break, Josh McDaniels. That is just it. And it's just like, in the year and the week prior, this is a team that put up 38 points. I've seen <laughs> that offense put up 30 some against our defense. And it's like, they're more than capable Somebody explain to me what happened. Uh, I think I know, not for the rest of the team, but just like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr has those games about once a year where you're like, how did I think this guy was good? And I think yeah. that's what happened to him. Cousins has one per year, light clockwork, guaranteed. And I don't know why it was against the the Saints that Carr had one. But yeah, it's what separates those two guys from being in the top five is one Really stinky turd per year. Yeah, it made me happy though to see that because now uh, you know Denver's not last anymore, so that's <laughs> that's good. But yeah, uh, you know, done. I I just couldn't fucking... believe it. I mean, it's like you know, mm-hmm. usually you'd think out of all the guys that are on that roster, somebody would have had at least something to point at and say, well, you know, at least he looked good. Mm-hmm. Not, hey, you know. fun fact: the Jarrett Stidham was my high school quarterback. 
Really? Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, he did from him in high school. He had a pretty decent completion percentage. I didn't watch any of the game. Yeah, really, but the, the only one that you did, before too long. <laughs> the only yeah, one that did any good going. was Matt Collins. He he's kind of been good. He's been running ahead of Renfro, which has been the problem over there. But McDaniel's is just doing McDaniel stuff just like he did in Denver. Somehow the Devontae Adams trade ruined both franchises, at least for now. And I <laughs> and I, I love it. I love it. I love every minute of it. And I'll continue to say that until it's not true anymore. Well, I can, yeah. we kind of, you know, predicted that a little bit. I mainly because of, I, you know, I, you know, how I feel about those receivers that are over 30. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought that was a horrible move, but hey. Well, I think the horrible move, or I think the horrible blowback is we thought the Raiders ceiling because they were in murderer's row. AFC West was probably about seven and 10, eight, and nine, maybe not ceiling, but our prediction was that. And now that's probably what they're striving toward because you can't really overcome two and six or whatever. No, right it, but nationally, you know, I mean, it seemed like it seems like everybody was wrong about yeah. the a- AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and who would have thought? I mean, you know, we, we always get these preseason hypes about, you know, look at who it's, it's the AFC West arms race. They just keep adding these, you know, big name guys. That's the NFC East. Yeah. Usually when AFC we, West. Usually when we say that collectively as a nation about a division, it usually disappoints. So I'm I'm learning my lesson. When we start doing that again, I'm gonna check yeah. myself. My oh, next conspiracy one. theory episode. And then I always forget <laughs> that the Chargers act like the Vikings a lot in mm. close games. I always forget that until I, I'm on the couch watching it. So when I make these preseason predictions, I'm like, I never remember that. I'm like, Herbert, I buy into it. And then I look like a doofus. Um, my next one is the confusing messaging coming out of Chicago. They use the trade deadline to get rid of Robert Quinn for draft pick. And then they got rid of Roquan Smith for a draft pick. And then like the next day, they're like, we're sending our draft pick for Chase Claypool. And they paid like a first or a WR1 price, a second rounder for Claypool, who on most teams would be a WR2. I don't understand it. It, it kind of shows that maybe they are invested in fields to give them a little help finally. They should have made this move in the offseason when they were mm-hmm. putting together a bunch of just complete stiffs to play at wide receiver. But now they have Mooney and Claypool, and it might you know, amount to something in time. But why use the trade deadline to send a second rounder if you know you're doing some sort of rebuild, but then trade off Roquan Smith, who's not old at all, and Robert Quinn, who's usually your best pass rusher. So I don't understand it, but I haven't understand a lot of the shit they've done in the last <laughs> nine months. And I, I thank God every day that I the Vikings didn't follow what I said and hire Ryan Poles. The only reason I wanted Ryan Poles, the Vikings general manager, is because I trusted him to fix the offensive line because he was an offensive lineman at Boston College. And that's why I'm not employed by the Vikings, because I would do stupid shit like that. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so confusing messaging. I still don't know what they're doing. I'll have to ask our uh, Mr. Baskerville and Alfredo at some point what this meant. Uh, Let's see. Final round of things we learned in week eight. Cody. Yeah, I'll piggy piggy onto um, the trades. Uh, This was a record trade season for the NFL, something that me as a fantasy football, especially a dynasty fantasy football enthusiast, I love days like today. I mean, I, I I probably like Chase Claypool more than the last guy. Uh, he he really is probably just like a a super speed tight end uh, and a wide receiver's body. He he's huge, but he's not good at um, going to combat for the ball like in the air. So it's kind of I think that's where he lacks. He could open things up for Darnell Mooney um, to get more of that single coverage. 
But uh, my favorite thing about that trade was that you have reports that he's going to the Green Bay Packers for like 24 hours and they just swoop in there. And from how things look, they offered the same thing. But I mean, the Steelers were convinced the Bears are going to be worse at the end of the year. So they took the Bears offer. But to me, I mean, it is just so awesome to see them just squeak by with that trade and steal it right out underneath uh, the Packers. But um, all types of trades. Chase Edmonds to Denver. I liked that one. We got to free Chase Edmonds. He was one of my guys. Didn't really work out in Miami. Um, uh, let's see. And then you have Jeff Wilson going down to Miami. I like that move, too. Um, oh, uh, and I did actually get to skip. I want to talk about CMC and his three touchdown hat trick. <laughs> that that was also awesome over this past weekend. I mean, no Debo Samuel, and they they beat that team, what, like 40 to 14 or 31 to 14, something like that. Uh, 49ers own the Rams. But, I mean, it, yeah. between the trades and the Falcons, Panthers, Cardinals, Vikings, and the Packers losing, it was a great week. I mean, and for Jason, too, the Denver Broncos winning. I mean, week eight in the NFL was fantastic all the way around. I wish every week could be like this. And yeah, and that, let's not to mention, uh, I was just looking through all the different scores and stuff. It seemed to me that scoring was up a bit mm-hmm. compared to the previous few weeks. Mm-hmm. No, the scoring's been down pretty much consistently throughout the year, but there were some uh, there were some big scores this week on the uh, CMC day in my family league, which is you know cousins and or my cousins and stuff who know what they're doing. I lost because CMC had that day. I lost by one one point five points, Ooh. and the rest mm. of his team was poop. And it's one of those leagues where I'm. I think I was right at four and three, so now I'm right in the damn thick of it. Pisses me off. And I all and it was also I had won by point three something, and then they did the stat correction for CMC like at six p.m. that night, and I was like, oh, lovely. <laughs> of course you did. Why? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and I'm loving the league that y'all made this summer. Oh I yeah, I've seen my team recently, but it's pretty <laughs> scary. I got Keenan Allen coming back from injury. I already got DeAndre Hopkins in the flex and Kamara. Yeah, you, you got to finish it out. You're certainly the front runner. Yes, I always lose in the playoffs by some <laughs> awkward miracle from the other team. Wes, uh, what's your final one of Week Eight? Uh, my my team is for sale in that league too. Just FYI. <laughs> um, <laughs> imagine if I would have got AJ Brown as well. <laughs> I already had Camara and Diggs and Cup. I mean, it would have been nuts because I was like 10 points away from setting the record. <laughs> um, just to touch on Chase Claypool, uh, he is 24 years old. Uh, the Bears offseason draft pick extraordinaire that um, uh, a lot of people are saying be hyped for and give him a chance. Fellas Jones, he's a uh, a fresh spry uh, 25. So uh, Chase Claypool been in the year, the league three years now, and he's still younger than uh, the, the Bears uh, offensive weapon that they <laughs> went with. Um, I know they wanted to use Vellis in a similar way as Debo. Uh, I think Claypool actually fits that role a little bit better for um, for the Bears. Uh, but yeah, I also want to piggyback on the the CMC uh, triple crown. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of scary. Like this is exactly the type of player that Shanahan I think wanted. Um, health will definitely be a, a factor, but uh, you know, 
we got to see on Sunday exactly what his offense can do, what he envisions his offense can do uh, with a player of CMC's caliber. Uh, once they add Debo back to the mix, it'll be just insane. Just yeah, this could this could be one of those trades that we look back and we're like, how how did the league let this happen? Like, how did we let Tom Brady get Randy Moss? How did we let Shanahan get CMC? Like, this that should not have happened. We screwed the league. <laughs> Jason, what's your final one for the week? Well, the final one, uh, I got kind of two of them. Kind of have the same. Uh, well, the the final game was the the Bengals and the Browns. The Browns continue to just mystify me in a way, but I'm also going to go back to, well, and I don't know what I'm most shocked about the Browns winning by freaking damn near 20 points or the Bengals. And I don't know if it's just Jamar chase, not being present. That's hindering that or, or what exactly happened, but um very impressed with the Browns. And I really, to be honest, have been all year, kind of like with the Seahawks. But um, going back to your first pick, Cody, uh, with the with the Panthers, I'm looking at the PJ Walker has to have a lot to do with that down there. I was watching some some film of him from this last weekend, and wow, he he is impressive. Dating back to last week too, he had a really good game, really nice game. But I'm looking at both the Panthers, and albeit that they were in a loss, and the ba- uh, Browns in the victory. Boy, and you love to see it. You got Brissett, 17 for 22, almost 300 yards, one touchdown. You got a you got a hundred yard rusher in Chubb with two touchdowns. You got a hundred yard receiver in Cooper with one touchdown, 131. That is awesome to see. That is just wonderful to see. And then you go to the Panthers, 317 yards from Walker, 118 yards rushing with three touchdowns for their back and foreman. And then 152 passing yards for more. And then their second receiver has 87 yards. That's just awesome offense. I love seeing that. I love seeing it. It's perfect. Perfect. And uh, it's going to take me into my first one of what I'm looking forward to the most with the uh, with the Panthers playing the Bengals. Let's hear it. Well, I'm just interested to see. I think the Panthers can take them. Oh, okay. I see. I, I mean, I think that the Panthers have exactly what it takes to beat the Bengals at this point in time. And if that is the case, that brings the Bengals to four and five. Yeah, the Panthers defense has been kind of sneaky in spurts. Like, you know, they're they're not up there with everybody, but they're I don't think they're a bottom 10 defense. And they got good players like Brian Burns and Derek uh, Brown. They got a couple good linebackers over there yeah. and some young corners. Uh, the Bengals, on the other hand. I feel like Joe Burrow's running for his life back there. Uh, everybody, there was this kind of meme coming out before the draft um, when they drafted Jamar Chase, and they were talking about drafting the guy that the Lions took, um, Sewell. Any Sewell, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the meme was, um, how do I describe this? Is basically, it doesn't matter if he can. It shows him throwing the ball down the field, except it's going. It's going to the receiver. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, no, I'm botched this. I botched this. Anyways, <laughs> they're saying that um, they should have taken the offensive tackle instead, and that why are you going to take a receiver if Joe Burrow can't get the ball to the receiver? And last year, it seemed like it wasn't going to be a problem because Jamar Chase got the ball plenty, and he crushed it last year. Well, fast forward to this year, 
a lot of those games, I've, I've watched a few Bengals games this year, and I feel like he's always getting slammed down on the ground, getting knocked down, getting quarterback hits, all stuff like that, and not completing some of these passes. And, um, you know, the Bengals might just be paying the piper this year on the offensive line. Um, you neglect it for too long. It's going to come back and bite you as it sucks for the Bengals. They've invested in it recently, but um, all those guys just keep getting hurt. So, uh, I'm I'm with Jason on this one. I think the Panthers, uh, who everybody thought that they would tank, they could make this one a close <laughs> one too. And they could have just recently went three and zero after firing their head coach, which is just nuts to me. How bad was Matt Rule? How much did those players <laughs> want to quit? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the Bengals too. Uh, getting back to them for a second, they, they scoreless for the first three quarters of that game. Mm-hmm. That, and the Browns I mean, defense is not it's not good. Like mm-hmm. they're they're throwing the coordinator under the bus and changing out linebackers. They lost their green dot linebacker for the whole year. So they're putting in Deion Jones from the um Falcons, uh JOC, their star linebacker. He's been out. I mean, that defense, yeah. you wouldn't even know that Miles Garrett was playing on it. Yeah, very concerning for the Bengals for sure. Uh, but again, though, if Panthers come in there and they can get that victory and you know, I mean, like I said, that four and five for the Bengals and uh, man, oofta. I mean, you wouldn't think because you still have Higgins, you still have Boyd, both two serviceable receivers. And, they, you know, they each caught a touchdown pass, but it didn't come till the fourth quarter. So I guess you can credit that to what most Vikings fans would give cousins garbage time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, isn't that what that would be? I guess. Even though he like didn't throw one at all last year, I think. Well, yeah. right. I mean. <laughs> They my, still said it though. My final one of the week is the the travesty of the Broncos having the league's number one defense, but a three and five record. And it's not like they're deficient of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Every week I go through numbers, uh, mainly for the Vikings purposes, but then I see everybody else's. So it's just kind of a Tuesday and Wednesday morning activity for me. And alas, the Broncos defense is atop all of the efficiency metrics and that should be the ticket to what we all thought uh, was going to be them contending for the AFC West. And perhaps with Jason's motivational speech, they will do so if they figure it out on offense, but they have everything they need on one side of the ball. And they're waiting for this uh, area that was supposed to be a shoe in with Russell Wilson to come join because they've got one side of it in the bag. So, I mean, kudos to Hackett for having the defense ready, but you're an offense guy. Figure it the fuck out. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, getting into the next week. Um, this is just a real Real short sentence or phrase. The loser of Rams Bucks um, will be dead, dead for 2022, uh, especially the Bucks because they'd be three and six. And you know, you keep thinking, oh, they'll turn around. Well, you get six losses, bro. You're 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 getting close to cooked. Uh, the Rams would only go to three and five, but just by the way the schedule makers did things, it's Rams Bucks this week, and it's nearly an elimination game. Who'd have thunk it? Wes, what's your next one for? I guess your first one for Week Ten. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back on that on that uh, same uh, same matchup. Um, I think, as crazy as it sounds, the Bucks are best positioned to survive mm-hmm. a loss, uh, just because the rest of their division is not that competitive. Uh, I, I know Cody and Jason just talked up Carolina, um, but. Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. all have warts, uh, just <laughs> just like Tampa does. <laughs> um, so I, I think a loss wouldn't 
officially doom Tampa, but it definitely wouldn't be good. Um, I don't see a lot of bite in this Tampa team like we have in previous seasons. Like if they make the playoffs, I, I think it'll just be one and done. Um, you know, whoever has that second seed will more than likely well, actually whoever comes out of the South is going to be the fourth seed. So mm-hmm. that, that should be the matchup for the second seed, but it won't, uh, <laughs> won't happen that way. So whoever that, uh, fifth team is in, in the NFC is going to have a kind of a, a layup game more than likely. Probably the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, the Rams though, if they lose this one, I think it's a a steeper hole for them to climb out of, especially with the way Seattle has been playing. Um, they've been a surprise. Um, I know heading into the season, I had Seattle, uh, penned as, um, the worst team in football. So, uh, a lot of us did. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah, if the NFC playoffs started today, the Falcons would host the Cowboys, the Seahawks would host the Giants, and the Vikings, lovely, would host the 49ers. So <laughs> that's how it's stacked up at the moment. Cody, Is what's your 2015 or what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cody, what's your first 20 or excuse me, week nine item? Uh so I you know I was just hyping up the Panthers, and y'all know I like to uh hype up my teams with warts so let me tell you about these two and six jaguars <laughs> taking on these raiders <laughs> uh, it is etn season my favorite non-viking in the nfl etn's 300 doesn't that change every yards. week no it's definitely etn okay. i've been on etn all year all right uh, no his 356 rushing yards are the most in a back's first three starts in jacksonville history which is they do have a short history but it's a good company with fred taylor and maurice jones drew uh, that said, past defense is killing the Raiders season. Las Vegas struggles to get after quarterbacks, ranking dead last in sacks and turnovers. They are the worst in the league in defending the pass. Uh, start all quarterbacks against this team in fantasy. You see they're playing mm-hmm. the Raiders. It doesn't matter who it is. I started Andy Dalton in like three or four different leagues. He got me anywhere from 24 to 27 points. Start everybody against the Raiders. So they're bad. <laughs> this is a Trevor Lawrence smash spot. I think Jack uh, Jacksonville can end their five-game losing streak this week against the Raiders. At the end of the day, both teams are going to be forked. I said last week, whoever lost between the Broncos and the Jaguars, the Broncos in their schedule, and the Jaguars in their um, questionable defense, I don't think the Jaguars could come back from that. And if the Broncos had lost to the Jaguars, I don't think their schedule would have let them come back from that. Um, so... At the end of the day, I think coming from this game, both teams should be forked. Stick a fork in the Raiders if they lose this one. I do have the Titans taking the AFC South, but um, it's all systems go for Travis Etienne. This this guy, <laughs> we I talk about him every week. How he's like lightning in a bottle. Um, you don't see very many guys run like this. Uh, yeah, this I'm definitely gonna watch this game. You know, I love my my loser teams, and <laughs> this one should be pretty interesting. Hopefully, the Raiders don't make it as boring as that Saints game was. Jason, what's your number two of week nine? Well, you know, I like that one, Cody. I'm going for the Jaguars, obviously, as well. I'm going to I'm going to go for the uh, Falcons uh, over the over the Chargers. I you know, it's that time of the year, man. I'm cheering for everybody in the AFC to lose. I mean, I'm still at that point in time. We got to hope for miracles here. Um, But uh, 
the Falcons put up a good game and beat in what I think a better team than most think is the Panthers. So the and then the Falcons are are quietly somehow running the ball all over the fucking place, no matter who they have back there. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how well. I mean, it, the Chargers. I, God, I just don't know. It goes back to what you said, Dustin. What are they? What are, mm-hmm. are they gonna? Are they? Are they a top ten team? Are they? Are they just not? Or do they have too many injuries to overcome? And and nobody ever ever criticizes them. They're like Stafford when he was with the Lions. <laughs> well, it's because right? their, fan, their fans are made up, Jason. There's nobody <laughs> yeah. there to criticize them. Well, yeah. I mean that's true, but I mean Herbert has got this monopoly over the national media and. And, uh, you know, Stafford I get all him. over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get to see him play twice a year and, and, uh, you know, every, every game I go into him like, Oh God, you know, we got to play Herbert, but then we start playing them. And I mm-hmm. realize, well, this isn't so bad. Yep. It's you know, exactly, one- exactly what happened with Stafford. The Vikings played them twice a year. And I think after the initial steam of, Oh, this guy's developing well, he's going to be good. I sit down on my drunkenly on my couch and be like, this guy isn't that good. Why do people keep saying it? And like, <laughs> yeah. just because he turns on the gas in the fourth quarter every now and then that doesn't, I mean, who cares? Taylor Heineke does that. So, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. rare. You see that actually transpire in a divisional game with him yeah. either. You know, you, you see it a lot, a lot in non-conference opponents, but I mean, I don't see him tearing shit up against the Kansas city chiefs, you know, or yeah. even the Raiders really for that matter. Nope, I think uh, if they miss the postseason, which is kind of a 50-50 right now, Staley will be canned and they'll, they'll try something different. Because he's due for a contract soon, yeah. and that's going to be a tough one to call to him. How much do you pay this guy? And then you look at his overall record as a, collectively as a starter, and you're just like, well, okay, now what? Yeah, I think they'll blame <laughs> Staley, and then well, they will. Herbert will get the, the humongous $250 million. Speaking yep. of the AFC playoffs, uh, just, a, I guess, an assertion. The Bills certainly look unbeatable now. I'm sure they'll trounce the Vikings in a week and a half here. Um, but I just want to go on record that I am firmly confident, as good as they are from head to toe, I believe the Chiefs and the Raiders, or <laughs> Chiefs and the Ravens, can beat them in the postseason. I don't care where the game's at; it'll probably be in Buffalo. But I can envision a scenario because it's already happened with the Chiefs toppling them and Lamar Jackson on a very hot day or a very uh, a good day for him. I think I think the Bills can be beat, and right now I think everybody's just kind of putting the the crown on them as they're going to win it all and Josh Allen's MVP. But I don't think they're unbeatable. Let's see who's up. Is that you, Wes? Your second one of week yeah. 10. Week nine, damn it. I'm going to go with um, the Colts at New England. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I think we all said, oh, it's the same old Pats team that we are used to. Uh, they are going to sneak and win some games they shouldn't. They're going to take care of business and win the games they should. And they'll find themselves, you know, 10 and seven and um, securing one of the last playoff spots. Uh, Then they hosted um, Chicago on Monday Night Football and got utterly embarrassed. That was so weird. Yeah. Um, And so I, I didn't really know what to expect. And then, you know, they went to. Uh, the Jets last year, or last year, last week, and they handed, handled them pretty well. Um, is this just 
Belichick being able to um, outsmart the Jets like he's done his entire career? Or, you know, was there something more to this? Um, And this Colts team, although they've been faltering through the season, um, I, I don't and really anticipate them putting up much of a fight against the Patriots, uh, especially with the Patriots being at home. But um, that's what I thought was Chicago. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I'm going to give my third one before just out of turn here because it's on New England. Yeah, they were they were left for dead. They look like I guess the Bears looked a lot better than I thought. And the Patriots chose to have a very terrible night at a building where they're usually just thunderous. Um, but now they're going to they're going to win this game. They won last week and then they'll win the week after that. I think it's the Jets again. So they're going to be six and four on Thanksgiving night playing the Vikings, who will be seven and two at that time. And then it's uh, what gives is it is it the Vikings finally beat Belichick, which I don't think's happened since 2000. Um, but, yeah, I think the Patriots even I don't think we had an obituary for him, but we were I was uber impressed with the Bears finding a way to win. Um, but, yep, they're going to be right there in the mix because that's what Belichick does over and over again. So that's my final one. But we still have to get to Cody's second one for week nine. Sweet. Uh, back to the Chargers and Falcons game. Uh, the Chargers have been under underperforming far too often, whereas the NFC South leading Falcons, they've been overachieving this whole time. Uh, if, if the uber talented, albeit injured Chargers actually show up prepared to this one, then they should take home the dub. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to the Falcons ground game. It don't matter who they put in there. They're going to run the ball and they're going to be successful doing it. Uh, you don't think of the Falcons offensive line as a powerhouse or anything like that. Um, but I mean, this, this offense, it's number six in points per game. Is that not crazy to you guys? The Falcons offense with Marcus Mariota, sometimes completing <laughs> 13 passes is sixth in points per game this season. Um, like I said, they love to have, they love to run the ball. Their rushing offense is third in attempts, fifth in yards and eighth in touchdowns, despite missing Cordero Patterson since week four. Speaking of Cordero Patterson, I'm betting his Benjamin Button career arc continues. This guy was averaging 5.9 yards per carry and over 80 yards a game. He was crushing it before he went out. Um, and then you got the Chargers set up for failure in this one. Their run game is stalled this year, leading Herbert and company to lead the league in pass attempts. They cannot run the ball worth a damn. This has led to their demise on defense because they're among the lead, league leaders in minutes spent on the field. That's Atlanta's type of ball game. They want to wear out the defense. They want to keep tossing in these other running backs and just keep slamming them up the middle. That's going to be the Achilles heel to the Chargers in this game. If they can't stop that Atlanta run game, then Chargers should be looking to under, underperform again and and lose to get another underdog. I mean, remember, this team got spanked by the Jaguars in week two. So, I mean, the Chargers have been doing this all year. I don't have faith in the Chargers. I think, like y'all were talking about with Justin Herbert earlier, this guy's he's he's going to get paid, but he's going to oh, yeah. have a Matthew Stafford-type career arc to where it's like, what have you done to get paid besides look like a prototype NFL quarterback? I mean... It would be so chargers to pay them. Uh, what is this, Philip Rivers all over again? I mean, they're just gonna maybe sneak into the playoffs here and there eventually. I mean, you have to with Derwin James and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. But Jason, you want to talk about a cursed franchise? Yeah, I'd be the Chargers. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. 
Because like they're not even like the Lions to where we expect the Lions <laughs> to be good. I mean, bad. The Chargers, it's like, man, we're they don't have any weak spots. And then a third of their teams on IR, and it's like week three in the NFL. Every year. Every year. I mean, I remember Sean Merriman. It was like, man, nobody can stop Sean Merriman. <laughs> Boom, his knees blow up. He's done. Yeah, I mean, you stack that team, too, with all the talent that they have, and they've been afforded the luxury to be able to do that with Herbert being on his rookie deal. And then it's and, and so you assume, right, you put that team with any quarterback, really, you should assume that it's a playoff team um, as long as the quarterback is re- reasonably serviceable. Yeah. Um, but then you got a guy like Herbert, who everybody expects to just be this world beater and, you know already crowning him as this crown jewel and uh <laughs> this is what we, this is what they got i mean they're they're mediocre at best yeah they have been injury riddled but yeah, i think they're new. i think they're just vikings west for their snake bitten tendencies and it, i feel like every time i watch them in a nail and they play so many nail biting games since since 2020 it's the vikings and chargers in one score games or games decided by a one score margin so i'll never uh, forget them losing to the browns after the browns hadn't won in like two years i was like <laughs> of course it's the chargers who else would lose to the browns <laughs> Wes, are we Wes, are we on your last one or second to last one of week nine uh last one okay all right jason did i get your second to last one yes okay so, right, I, so yeah, we're yeah, on my last we're yep. on last round Wes, go ahead uh, I will go with Monday Night Football, uh, Ravens at Saints. Um, in terms of most of the games this week, I, I think this one should be one of the more competitive ones. Um, hopefully we see uh, quite a bit of offense. Um, and we'll just see what this uh, New Orleans team has to offer. Um was the Raiders game a fluke or has this offense and defense turned the corner or is this the, um, you know, visions of the saints defense of the past? Um, they are at home. That stadium does get loud. Um, you know, we'll see what, what happens. Um, Baltimore and Lamar, they are missing some weapons. Uh, Bateman's out for a little while. Uh, Andrews is banged up, but um, yeah, that, this one I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I'm happy it's on Monday night and uh, hope it's a competitive back and forth game. When I look at them, the Saints, it seems to me, and I know it's not really an option, they should just embrace where they're at. I, I don't think that their roster is talented enough, nor is their coaching staff good enough to either get Winston or Dalton to the promised land. So I think in if they could just embrace this top, I think they still have, maybe they don't. Do they not yeah. have their top pick? Oh, I was going to say they, they traded it. Keep their top uh, pick to get, to get one of the four big quarterbacks. But my theory, maybe that's probably in the back of their mind. Um, but yeah, it seemed like this, they need to go try to find the next breeze, which they won't, but they can die trying uh, because Winston and Dalton is just going to be the same shit every year, 10 and seven ceiling at best. in. No, they they got lucky for having almost twenty years worth of breeze. Mm-hmm. One Super Bowl, that's fraudulent. <laughs> <laughs> one, one fraudulent Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
taint, tainted ass Super Bowl. All right, Jason, what's your final one of the week? Final one's uh, Sunday night football with the Titans and the uh, the Chiefs. Uh, on paper, should be a great game. A couple of five and two teams, division leaders going at it. Um, I think we both we all share the same opinion on the on the Titans. Always mm-hmm. the 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 most horrendous five and two team, <laughs> or you know, good looking team out there. But I'm interested to see. Obviously, I'm pulling for the Titans. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know where they stack quietly. They've gotten to five and two somehow or another. I mean, I don't think of them or look at them like they're, they're good at all. I mean, but we'll see. I mean, I think it'll be a great game nonetheless. And I was just going to say, um, with the bills, you know, you look at the bills. I just wanted to piggyback kind of on what you said, Dustin, a little bit about them. They, they did not, I, I was watching their game. And everything they do, it looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the game, like Josh Allen, I mean, he's, he didn't put up huge numbers, a couple of touchdowns, 220 some yards. Um, but it's like when I was watching him, it's like, man, man, they can really move the ball. Well, you know, they're doing great things, but the, the final numbers don't really tell the, tell the story of what I witnessed. And then I watched like the Broncos play. And it's like, boy, these guys suck. (laughs) And I wonder if that's just my fan bias or my, you know, uh, uh, tunnel vision or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it looks like even though Russ had better numbers than Allen, it did not look like that by watching the film. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I I, I, I like I'm going to I'm going to pick the Titans this week. Oh, wow. No, that would be. Be a big win for them. Um, it was also wonderful in that Bills game. I have to give the shout out to Stefan Diggs for keeping al- keeping alive his hate for the Packers. Um, <laughs> it just it it if you're a lifelong Viking fan, you love to see a guy that you gave birth to and raised and taught to walk still hate the Packers. You know, it's like <laughs> you learned awesome. good, Grasshopper. Uh, all right, final one. Take us off air, Cody. Week nine. Uh, speaking of the Packers, um, well, b- b- before the Packers, none of us talked about the Vikings commanders game. Uh, me, I didn't cover it. I think the Vikings are, are going to nab that one. It's not going to be a big deal. Uh, I picked up the Vikings I'm... defense and fantasy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a Taylor <laughs> Heineke fan. Um, and then uh, so back to the Packers at the Lions uh, for the first time all season. The Pack found a way to throw downfield last Sunday night against the Bills. These Lions, they're not the Bills. Uh, the Packers had one of their best offensive performances against the Bills this season. It was the ground game that spurred this. They rumbled for over 200 yards to open up the pass game for Rodgers and company. And then you switch over to the Lions side of the ball. Outside of two games, missing Swift and Amon Ra, this Lions offense has shown an ability to keep up. Uh, at week five, they were the number one offense in football. <laughs> Last week against Miami, they got out to a 21-7 and lead before their defense broke. Uh, Dan Campbell... He, Listen, this this guy's due for a win after starting one and six. If Green Bay does not carry their momentum from Sunday night, I definitely be, believe they can get caught once again by an underdog. But, uh, I mean, uh, the Packers, they should win this game, which brings me to why I'm, I'm interested in watching how this one plays out. If they lose to the Lions, I'm going to lose it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it in the best way possible. I'm going to run up and down my hallway doing a skip and with my hands in the air. If it continues I mean, as is, I bet Rodgers retires. I bet he does. Yeah, yeah I don't, I've, I'm already kind of thinking he don't play after this. Uh, he looks like he's enjoying sitting on his couch podcasting with Pat McAfee, and I think that's kind of the direction <laughs> they're going to do uh, go. Maybe 
smoke, uh, drink some ayahuasca or something like that. Throw the entire team under the bus as he does it too. Yeah. And, and (laughs) is this not normal? They're the Packers GM. He don't, he's not scheduled to meet with the media until after the season. Is that normal with teams is green Bay? I feel like that's not something that's easily accessible, but I know I, I feel like every time we do anything, I hear, I hear Kwesi and like, to me, that speaks leaderships. And then you hear about mm-hmm. uh, the Packers GM. I mean, this guy, what is he? The Sith Lord behind the scenes. Like that's, that's kind of what he's seeming. Like. <laughs> What's he his name again? His... Oh, you're going to hit me with that one, huh? Gugu Brian Mark Murphy. But this guy just puts <laughs> his coach out there on the podium to, to try to explain why they didn't make any moves. He's your football coach. He just stands up there and looks like he's trying not to cry all the time. <laughs> but things are in shambles in Green Bay. It's the first time <laughs> in my life it's been like this outside of the Aaron Rodgers injury, which I, you don't wish that on anybody. You want it to be, you know, nose-on-nose football, fair game, and then be bad. And this is the first time it's happened in my life. So, yeah, we're going to hear this every <laughs> week. And if they if they lose to the Lions – I'm gonna go nuts on the show next week. The uh, <laughs> I'll put a bow on it that this is also significant for the Packers because it's one of the only easy games they have left. Uh, the Packers mm-hmm. have indeed, with even Rodgers healthy, they've had a couple seasons where they flirted with three and four, four and four, and then rattled off wins to either win the division or get in the wild card. And you think, you know, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out. That's what he does, and that's fine if you want to believe that. But they, this game is one of their easy ones, and so it goes Lions, Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions to close out the season. Jeez. So they have to win this. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more grace period um, because they've dug themselves so deep in this four-game losing streak. So it's so vital for them if they if they if they want a wild card berth. Maybe they don't. Maybe this is how Rodgers finishes out with a whimper. But this is one of their easy games, and it kind of feels like they're susceptible to even losing this one with a desperate, like, hungry Lions team. And as Vikings fans, we know exactly what a desperate, hungry Lions team is capable yep. of because when they were Owen blah, 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 Owen 100 last year, they beat the Vikings in their house. So Yeah, now we're having like a role reversal with the Packers here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, that is all of our week eight coverage. We'll be back to process all the stuff we just talked about, and that will be in one week, and we'll get into week 10. All right, gentlemen? Hey, next time all we right. talk, I'll still be enjoying this win. <laughs> yeah, you'll give us the motivational speech all over thank, yeah, thank and, goodness and, for the bye week yeah and we'll be a little tepid talking about our upcoming game next yeah oh yeah we'll be all sheepish. super bowl preview <laughs> yeah that's uh, my super bowl preview actually though the bills vikes <laughs> yeah that, i predicted that shit yeah <laughs> possibly flexed <laughs> yeah oh that would be awesome Awesome. It should be. By all well, means, it should well, be. Well, would it be awesome with Kirk Cousins? Do we want it flexed? <laughs> He's got to learn sometime. This year, yeah. yeah, you do. And he needs to show up in his chains in the van. Yeah, yeah let's play the Super on. Bowl. At, let's play the Super Bowl at noon. This year. <laughs> <I'm okay. laughs> all right, gentlemen. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.